Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, good morning. Welcome to anyone in the room here, anyone that's watching online. Great to have you with us, whatever time of day, whatever you are watching this. People in the prisons as well, we welcome you. Our Bury St. Edmunds location. All of this is connected because we are C3 wherever we are. And we're in the middle of a series that we started just a few weeks ago, which is entitled Blessed. It's based on Matthew chapter 5, or the first few verses there, which are called the Beatitudes. And we're going to look at one verse, just one beatitude today that Jesus spoke. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. If you have your U version uh, notes that are on your phone or on your device, then do follow along because there's a lot of scriptures that I put in there that I can't include in today's preach. So you really need to get that U version app if you don't have it. Those of you at home as well, wherever you are, follow along. This is just one verse, Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed, remember last week we saw these are exclamations of joy. Blessed are the meek, for they will or shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Suppose a local company here in Cambridge was advertising for a new CEO. Have you ever seen on the list of qualifications, meekness a priority? What about the debates that have gone on in the United States recently, presidential elections there? Did they have a meekometer that came up as Trump and Biden debated? Is meek a priority in people's mind? Has anyone said in, in going for a post, I'm the meekest person, or a strapline, vote for me, I'm meek? It's not something we see as a priority or something that we see as an attribute that we want to emanate. But clearly, Jesus thinks otherwise. He thinks meekness is a priority. He says, blessed are the meek. And I want us to look in these few minutes that we've got together, what's so great about being meek and why will the meek inherit the earth? Now, part of our problem is this. We have a misunderstanding of the word meek. Most of us, when we hear it, think it's related to weakness. In fact, meek and weak sound very similar. And I've discovered in my practicing and preparation, if you say meek and weak, meek and meek, very quickly together, it's very hard to say. So whatever you are, don't shout it out. But just practice that for a moment. Meek and weak, meek and meek, weak, meek, weak, weak, meek, meek, weak, meek, weak, meek. It's very hard to say. We think, because it sounds the same, that it's to do with weakness. But it could not be further from the truth, as we'll see as we go along. It's far from meaning weak. In the New Testament, the word meek is more often translated as this word, gentle, or gentleness. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, even the word gentle has negative connotations. But it's not in relation to physical strength or prowess. This word means gentle in regards to sensitivity, particularly towards others, and kindness that you can show them. 
So it's not about being weak, it's about being strong in sensitivity and kindness, particularly in relating to others. We should thank God, if we could uh, uh, shout a loud uh, amen to this, we would right now, but we should thank God that he's been gentle with us. Because if he hadn't been gentle, who could stand? This is Psalm 130 verse 3 says this, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand. Gentleness is an attribute of God. Gentleness is an attribute of Jesus. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Something that should become evident as a fruit that comes out of our lives is gentleness. Listen to this from Galatians 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus said of himself, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus was gentle and exhibited gentleness. So I asked myself, as I was preparing, how can we exhibit this? How can we show gentleness? And one of the best ways, and this is thoroughly biblical, I could go through verse after verse, one of the best ways to exhibit and know if gentleness is working in our lives is with what comes out of our mouth. This reveals the heart. It shows whether we're gentle. And so gentleness is revealed both in the type and the tone of the words we use. And can I just say, tone is important as well. I was, we bought a new car a few months ago and um, I was driving along and it was the first time my wife had driven the new car. Not brand new car, it was second hand but new to us. And I'm, I'm sitting in the, the, uh, the passenger seat next to her and as gently as I could, I said to her, um, I think you, you think you're a little bit too close to the other cars that are on the inside lane, darling. And she heard... You want to drive, don't you? You don't think I should be driving and I can cope with driving. You want to get in the passenger seat. Now, I wanted to say in all honesty, no. But the truth was, yeah, I did want to drive and I would have felt a lot more comfortable. There was something in the very inflection in my voice, the tone that came through, that she knew what I was really saying. Jesus rebuked the disciples at one time about the lack of faith. I think we read it often with a, a kind of strong, strident Jesus going, Oh, you of little faith! Whereas I wonder whether it was much more gentle. Oh, guys, you of little faith. We need to get the tone right as well as the words that we use. There is a verse in Proverbs that says this. This is Proverbs 15, verse 4. Gentle words are a tree of life, a deceitful tongue, crushes the spirit. Gentle words are a tree of life. My dad used to say to me when I was younger, because in my younger days, I know that you'd find this hard to believe, any of you that know me, but I was a little hot-headed. And he used to say to me, Steve, you haven't got a bad temper, but you have got a short one. And I'm never quite sure what he was saying, but it felt like a gentle rebuke. And this is the verse he always quoted to me. I'll read it from the NIV rather than the authorised version the way he used to quote it. But this is Proverbs 15 verse 1. Some of you need to hear this. It can stop you getting into hot water and it can, put smooth, it can smooth the situation that you're going through. A gentle answer 
turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Another one from Proverbs, Proverbs 25, 15 says this, through patience a ruler can be persuaded, but a gentle tongue can break a bone. In other words, in gentleness you can still be strong. It's not a contradiction. God was very strong when he rebuked Elijah who'd run away from the situation that he was facing and was hiding. And it says, this is in the book of Kings, that God rebuked him, says, where are you? Elijah, with a still, gentle whisper. It's possible to be strong, even to break a bone, with gentle words. Now, I haven't got time today, but I've, I've, I've listed on, in my notes here, I'll just, I'm going to choose two of them just at random. The gentleness and the use of it with our words comes up time and time again in the New Testament. Listen to this one. Want to know how to treat a fellow believer? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Sorry, that was about treating a believer, your fellow believers. How about treating an unbeliever and witness? But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks as to give reason for your hope, but do this with gentleness, meekness, and respect. Here's my question to you. What area do you need to develop meekness, gentleness, so that's revealed by your words? Is it to your spouse? Sometimes we say, oh, we're the most harsh with the ones we love. Why? I've, I've been guilty of that. I say something harder to my family than I'll ever say to some other people. Why? Repent and do different. Be gentle. What about with your children? What about with your friends? What about with work colleagues? What about people who seemingly in the role that they're in are incompetent. I used to travel quite a lot, not these days, but with a, many years ago with a friend in ministry. And he used to get so angry at people, particularly in hotels, who were checking him in, who were incompetent. And he would lose it with them. And I said to him one time, you, you, why, do you, why do you, I said, oh, well, they're idiots. I said, no, they're, they're people who need respect. And maybe no one else has been gentle with them with this stuff that's going on, which we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. How about gentle with all people? So the first thing, meekness equals gentleness. Second is this. If gentleness is the outward expression of meekness, the inward virtue is humility. Do you get that? If outwardness is these gentle words and gentle actions, then that flows from this internal value of humility. And humility is not some self-deprecating kind of, oh, what a worm I am attitude. Humility basically comes down to having a right understanding of who we are, particularly in relation to God. If we can get a right view of God, we'll stay humble. Honestly, if we can understand God, we'll stay humble. People often ask me about worship. How can we grow in our worship? And what books would you recommend? Here's what books I'd recommend. Books that tell us of the greatness and grandeur and might and power and attributes of God. Because your heart will be stirred to want to worship because it's not a technique. It's a relationship that flows out of the heart. And the same with humility. If we can understand who God is, we will not have a problem making ourselves small because we are small. And by the way, the Bible doesn't tell us 
So have God humble us. It says, humble yourselves. It's a DIY job. Do it yourself. Because if you don't do it yourself, there will be others that try and help you. And certainly God will orchestrate things to keep us humble. But humble yourself. Think of how big God is. Think about some of his incommunicable attributes, the the way theologians describe them. Things that we will never have. We will never be omnipresent, but God is. I struggle being present in a room when I'm there, never mind in my mind and in my heart, never mind being everywhere. God big, me little. Think of his omniscience, his all-knowing. Think of, of his strength and his power and realize how weak we are. Matthew Henry says this, The greatest, the best man in the world must say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. But God says absolutely, I am that I am. Here's another way to stay humble. Please, God, help me. Finger pointing at you, three pointing back, all right? This is another way. Always look for the good in people. Some of you are always looking for the negative. I've got a word from God for you. Stop it. Look for the good. Look for the good in what people do. I found a cartoon with Lucy and Linus, the Peanuts cartoon. I think we may have it on the screen for you. And I I thought this is very true. Uh, Lucy says to Linus this, it's very strange. It happens just by looking at you. What happens, Linus says? I can feel a criticism coming on. Sorry, it's not on the screen. I thought it was going to be for you. Maybe online you've got it. It's very strange, she says. It happens just by looking at you. What happens? I can feel a criticism coming on, she says. Are we like Lucy? Do we look for what's wrong? One definition of meekness is this. A controlled desire to see others' interests advance ahead of one's own. I like that. How can we cheer others on? Bible puts it like this. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Honor one another above yourselves. Look for the good and say something about it. We were talking with our fantastic Not to 30s team last week about encouragement. Can I say this to you? When it comes to encouragement, be specific. Because when we criticize, we're often very specific. I didn't like the way you did that and you name what it is. But when we encourage, it can sometimes be general. Oh, you did a good job. How about being really specific? This is what you did well. Well done. That will help you with your humility. Third and final point is this. Um, Meekness is controlled strength. Meekness is controlled strength. This is an important word in relation to meekness. Meekness is the word often used for an animal that has been trained. I spent 20 minutes Googling animals that have been trained, strong animals that have been trained. You know what came up most of the time? A horse, a stallion, a black, beautiful stallion that has a rider. And this stallion is able to go where the, the control, the person on the back, I, I'm scared of horses, especially big ones. I, was, I watched 20 minutes of someone on the back of this stallion just controlling it and doing dressage and this kind of thing. It was beautiful to watch. I nearly put it on here, but I uh, thought, no, we, we must move on. It's an animal that's controlled. It's gentle in its actions. It's being controlled by another, yet the power and the strength is still there. 
Meekness is controlled strength. Meekness ultimately is when a man or woman is under the control of God. Listen to this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. If you yoke with Jesus, he's in control. And learn from me. If he goes that way, I go that way. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. You know, sometimes we we say to people, um, and give the wrong impression, as though anger is wrong. Unbridled anger is wrong. But the Bible makes it clear, we are able to be angry without sinning. This is what the Apostle Paul says, in your anger do not sin. The moment it becomes a sin is when you are out of control. But it's right to have a controlled anger where we can use it for good. You know how to know when to get angry? An injustice. Because God does. Anti-slavery day. We should get angry that there's still slavery in our world today. And we shouldn't go about beating people. or beat, but We should go about doing something good in order to make a difference and change. We should be angry at racism. We should be angry at sexism. There are things that should stir our hearts that cause us to action. Not out of control anger, but in meekness and gentleness. Able to do something that makes a difference. Jesus ends this, we're talking about inheritance. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. If any of you were listening last week, or go back and listen to it, you remember, I said what Jesus probably did with his disciples and then the wider crowd, was he probably looked into the crowd and found an example of what he was trying to show. And talk about, show and tell. And maybe he looked out and he saw a guy who was a zealot. You see, there were different groups of people in Israel at this time. Rome was the dominating power and uh, they were servants to Rome and there were some that were rising up and saying, come on, let's take the kingdom by force. Let's kill the Romans. Let's take up arms. And maybe he looked out and rather than choosing someone this time that was exemplifying it, he chose a zealot. They all knew this zealot because he was big around the local town, telling everyone, we need to fight these Romans. We need to kill them in their beds. Maybe he looked at the zealot and he pointed at him or got him out to the front and he said, "Uh uh-uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. You know what the word is? Land. It is earth, but it also land. So in his original context, he's saying, we believe God's promised us this land. You know how we'll inherit it? by meekness, not by force. What happened, if any of you know your history with Israel, is they did have an uprising in AD 70 against the Romans, and the Romans virtually obliterated all of Jerusalem. Jesus is saying there's another way. Blessed are the meek, the humble, and the kind, and the sensitive. And you'll inherit. And let's just enlarge it because this is what the Bible does. It went from a promise to a, from a land with a small space to rather being a promise to the whole earth. Blessed are the meek for they won't just inherit a small section of land. They will inherit the whole earth because those that are in Christ have a bigger promise than a small space of land. Listen to these verses as I finish. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Now, if you are children as children of God, then we are heirs. 
heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. In case you don't know, in the age to come, there is promise of inheritance that includes the saints, the Christians, the people of God, ruling the earth with our Lord and Savior. I have prayed, I've literally prayed for this, for certain cities to rule in the age to come, just in case they are prayers that might get answered. I prayed consistently, and I know they're on lockdown, and on the third tier right now, but I want to rule Liverpool with two great football teams that are in that city. Liverpool, FC we know, and Liverpool Reserves. Fantastic, two great teams. I want to rule that city in the age to come. You can have nothing and possess everything. Last verse, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abram's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's an inheritance coming our way, but it's to the meek and particularly the meek who have learned to be controlled and yoked with Jesus himself. That should be all of us. As I finish and before we sing our last song today, I want to ask you in the room here and online, are you a follower of Jesus? Have you been yoked with him? Have you allowed him to control you? You can do that today. You can do that with a prayer because He hears. You can do that by bowing the knee right now, lowering the head, saying, I'm gonna come under your control. Forgive me for being the dominant one in my life. I want you to control me. And I'm gonna pray this prayer. Pray it after me, online or in the room. And if you prayed it, let us know today, either in the comments box or emailing us or seeing us at the end of this service in the room here. We would love to know that you prayed a prayer of devotion to Jesus. Pray this, Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for leaving the glory of heaven to die on a cross for me, for willingly doing so. Forgive my sin, forgive my past, give me a new future as I call you Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.